ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 651, and I think it's time to shake some things up. We've been doing a lot of these recently, and I just was looking for new ideas. I was wandering the warehouse, and I came across... Desperate. Desperate? That'd be rude. I found this. What is this? Well, this is a suitcase. This is the Dragon Brewer. And I have not used this for probably five years. You mean you did use it? I've used it once. This is an adventure. This is an experiment in what we can do without planning. So in this case is a intricate glass brewer that I barely remember using. But we found it, and we thought it would be fun to share it with you while we have this week's coffee. What is this week's coffee, Roland? Okay, the good bit. This is Bolivia Tadosio Mani this week. It is a washed coffee made up of Katura uh, and Katayi. It's a returning favourite for us. Uh, Tadosio is something we've bought coffee from for a long time now. He has been producing organic coffee for the last few years. This year isn't. That's for a pretty good reason. He expanded his farm. He's taken on some new land. This is the first year of production for that new land. Um, but it's not yet organic certified. I, I don't even begin to guess on how all this is going to go together. <laughs> I think there's actually four, four different brewers in here. It feels like it. We have many moving parts. I am excited because it's always nice to play with a new brewer. And it's okay because I have some instructions. We'll talk about flavor, we'll talk about Teodosio Mamani as we get there, but we should start off with, there are two paths to the dragon. And I think every instruction manual should start off with this. Um, I'm gonna skip past some of the explanation. Uh, this was designed by a guy called Todd Carmichael, uh, who runs a coffee company called Le Colombe. He was famous, uh, I'm sure he's still famous, but was famous for a while because he had a TV show in the US talking about coffee sourcing and things like that. So a little bit like in my mug. I am using an instruction manual and okay. following it carefully. There are numbers in Fahrenheit, which I don't really understand. So I'm going to go with centigrade and I'm going to go with a rough brewing temperature that makes sense to me. Uh, I don't think it's too far off. So I'm going to go from 95 degrees. It's saying 206. I think that's pretty close. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you did science once. My conversion for those of us not great. Um, for any US viewers, centigrade works. Uh, 15 <laughs> grams of coffee, that's another metric measurement, so that's one we like. Uh, 15 grams of coffee, I'm going to ask Roland to find me some coffee and grind 15 grams of it to a medium coarse Medium grind. coarse, okay. Sorry, medium fine grind. Little coarse for a Chemex. Spot on for an automatic brewing device like a Seiko. 15 grams, okay. I've got a couple other steps to follow. So I have this wonderful little filter, the paper filter, just like in a siphon brewer. So I'm gonna drop that in to soak. And I also have this weird syringe implement, which I'm meant to moisten to help lubricate the device. And I never thought I'd say that on this show. This is fun. All right, there we are. for easier action, insert into glass tube securely. Roland is working on coffee. Our filter is ready. Rinse the filter with a bit of hot water. Holds on some pulp flavor. Very good. Right, we're gonna go with grinding now. We've got our, our lovely fancy big grinder working again, which I've been very pleased with. We're going to medium coarse. Yep. We're going to medium coarse. 
Yeah. Coarse. Coarse. Sorry, medium fine grind. Okay, sir. I'll have a quick smell of that. Mm. Yeah, smells good. Don't quite chocolatey. Just yeah. nice. So, Girosium Amani is not quite organic yet, but he's going through the process. So, yeah, it has been organic for other years. And this is, um, I say expanding. That's a really good reason for somebody to say they're not organic this year is they've got new land. And it, that process of being actually certified organic is a lot more complicated than just saying, I'm not going to use pesticides and herbicides. There's lots of steps involved to make sure you're actually kind of got all those uh, boxes ticked and you're definitely doing it. So, yeah, a little more complicated, and I'm hoping that next year he'll come back to being organically certified. Okay, we are jumping between the two most exciting things in coffee, the Dragon Brewer and Origin Stories. Who knew? All right, so I'm not going to follow all the instructions because I cannot contemplate <laughs> one of them. It does say that I should place the brew bowl with coffee grinds into the dragon and put it on top of the scales. It also suggests that I put the coffee in, that I tap it a few times to settle it down into the lowest part of the brewer. That makes sense. It then says I should tamp it with the syringe plunger that it just asked me to moisten so that I could push it through the system. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I'm okay. breaking the rules. Anything could happen. So looking at it from here, and this is the first time I've seen this in five years, we've got elements of like a siphon brewer here, haven't we? Because we've got the two yeah. chambers and we've got a, an area for percolation brewing, for immersion brewing, and then an area where we're going to pull the, the finished product, the finished yeah. brew down into. And I think it's, it's based off the same principles. It's all yeah. about control and consistency. And maybe, you know, that's what the siphon brewer does really well, is it does introduce some extra elements of control in terms of temperature and filtering out the grinds and separating those two stages. This has a couple weird additional features that I think right. Todd brought in because he wanted extra control. So that will be uh, in how you control that, that vacuum that pulls the coffee in and out. But also we have this chamber around the outside of the brewing chamber where we can add water so we can add stability to how it brews. So it does ask us to fill this with room temperature water, science. Right. Room temperature, we can do that. And we're gonna use that at 40 seconds into the brew. So I'm gonna add the timer. I've got my water kettle over there, which I will ask my glamorous assistant Roland to grab for me. We're going to use 240 grams of water with our 15 grams of coffee. Again, this is where we're moving from, you know, US measurements, 15 grams, <laughs> so we can create a 1 to 16 ratio, which is the traditional US one. Um, I believe that needs to be all the way down. I feel pretty comfortable. I'm going to start the timer, and I'm going to add my 240 grams of water. And at this point... Anything could happen. And when I say anything, I mean probably coffee will brew. Okay, it was pretty cute. You're going to flick through the instructions quickly. Okay. You've got any more wonderful coffee? How long have we, we got now to wait? How long are you going to do before we do the next step? So at 40 seconds, we add the room temperature water, and then okay. it's going to brew for another two minutes until we reach three minutes and 30. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to add that room temperature water around the outside of it. Yeah. What do you think that's going to do? So... That's going to take away some of the temperature that is in with those coffee grounds. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to drag temperature and that extraction capability away. Yeah. Should slow down the extraction over time. It will take time for that kind of energy transfer to move. 
So maybe this is like adding an extra level of control in terms of you need all that energy at the beginning to reach a certain level of extraction. And yeah. It's interesting that this is kind of, this is exactly what I, takes away exactly what I like about the siphon brewing. Which is really interesting. So this is going to have lots of elements of the siphon brewing that you can control your extraction time really precisely. But in a traditional siphon, you have the heat going into the base of it. And because you've got a single system between the, the top and the bottom, you can have super stable extraction temperatures, which you might see in espresso, but is really rare in filter brewing, yeah. where usually it would cool down as you're doing the brew. And this one, again, we're going to see it cooling down because it's open to the air. And if you've not got heat going in, you're going to have that temperature of the extraction is going to be dropping. And we've just dropped down a little bit. That extra water will also help steady it a little bit, though, because it gives it more mass, more thermal mass. Well, and it's also steadier. Air is a terrible thing for heat to move across, right? It's an uncontrollable thing. Yeah. Um, water, effectively, you've got a whole physical unit now that that temperature is moving straight across nice and quickly. Interesting to see how the coffee's moving around in there. Um, yeah. This hasn't asked us to stir anything. I like brew recipes that don't require stirring because you get lots of changes and lots of kind of different, different stirs will introduce different levels of agitation. But I do feel that all that coffee is at the top and maybe yeah. if I'd have poured differently or if I'd have stirred after doing it, maybe we'll get a, yeah, a more consistent extraction. Yeah. Um, when we create a vacuum, so when we get to that three minutes 30, that vacuum is going to drag that coffee okay. through it. We're not creating a vacuum. <laughs> I'm just going to say okay. this. Well, what are we doing? Let's come up with the words. So we're going to pull the plunger up. Yeah. yeah. And what that's going to do is going to reduce the pressure in that bottom vessel by expanding the volume. We've got the same amount of air in there because the air can't get in. Yeah. So we're going to have lower pressure. And that pressure differential is going to be what pulls the, the liquid through. And once that pour begins, it has to finish, right? Once, yeah. once that motion has begun. It's the pressure of the air that you're going to equalize. So what we're going to find is that the pressure of the air inside, because we're expanding it, it was the same as the air pressure outside. By expanding that space, we're going to have less air pressure inside than the atmospheric pressure. And that's what's going to drive that. Something's about to happen. Stop it, Roland. All right, what am I meant to do? I'm meant to kind of pump this, I believe. Maybe if I just begin. Yeah, there we go. So the little valves just on the side. Yeah, so this little valves on the side mean that we're, we're not just expanding it once. We're trying to create a bigger differential. Oh, that works. Maybe this isn't how Top planned it. And we have a few issues, so I think there's a spring missing from one of these assemblies. <laughs> Who knows? This is the first time we've done it, so... We're going to check the instructions again. Pull on the plunger of the dragon about three and a quarter times to begin right. to release your brew, which we definitely saw. Yeah. You'll start to see your coffee dropping. Wait another five to ten seconds when the dripping has just about stopped. Take the brew bowl out and place it in the vertical glass holder. Do you think we should give that another so you, you should have left the, the plunger in there. Because I broke everything when yeah, I Yeah, so that pushes it back to atmospheric pressure. There we go. It's still coming through, but it's not coming through as quickly as it is now. So maybe a couple of cupping bowls? I can grab a couple of, couple of cups. Now, there are lots of other ways we could have done this episode. Lots of other ways. But we're running this because it's 651. All right, so back to the coffee. God knows how many minutes have gone past. At least 6 minutes, 36 <laughs> seconds. 
coffee was achieved. It smells pretty good. It looks a little light in colour. It's a little um, messy on the, the pouring. Yeah. Or well, I'm a little messy on the yeah, pouring. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wasn't going to say. <laughs> but you... I, it's a, always been a very sweetness-driven coffee. Again, back in the, the Oblivion Territory, there's usually been some kind of fruit sweetness to it. Yeah. So I believe a little bit of papaya, I think, in previous years. And orange. It's a very kind of mixed fruit sweetness. Sometimes that bit of kind of tropical edge to it. All right, so I'm definitely getting some interesting smells. And when you say papaya, papaya is not a fruit I eat a lot. When I think papaya, I think the little dried kind of orange squares that you sometimes get in dried fruit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Papaya. That's my flavor reference for it rather than okay. fresh papaya. Um, I don't even know what fresh papaya tastes like. I will get you a papaya. <sighs> so kind. On my to-do list now. But I'm definitely getting like a nice kind of gentle tropical fruit now. Mm. And both like aroma and in a flavor. And it's definitely sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely getting like some brown sugar kind of flavors to it. I'd actually say brown sugar caramel over chocolate, mm. which we've we've had different milk chocolates from the other Bolivians that we've that we've yeah. tasted here. Um, yeah, it's nice. And actually, I'm super surprised by the color of the brew and the depth of flavor. You know, the color of the brew and where that kind of crust was sitting at the top. Yeah. I thought this was going to be terribly underextracted, and actually, it's just it's really delicate. It's a little bit floral. It definitely gives you that kind of lighter extraction, and those different extractions are going to pull out different flavor mm-hmm. profiles for you. This might be more to some people's preferences than others because we've got that very light body. I think you could brew this with a heavier body to it. And it has got a really nice texture to it. Even on this very light brew, I get a good, mm-hmm. a good silky texture. Oh, I'm loving the sweetness. So a little bit of tropical fruit. Maybe there's a little bit of um, uh, like peach florality to it. Yeah, an orange. I can definitely get some yeah. orange to that. And brown sugar... This cup, at least, delicate, light-bodied for a Bolivian. We've definitely had lighter coffees and crisper coffees, but, yeah, I'm... Like, I think the aftertaste is quite nice. It kind of fills out quite a lot for me on the aftertaste, yeah. and it's definitely back to that sweetness. It's like a brown, sugary, kind of heavy aftertaste. I imagine that if you put this into your cafetiere or something like that, that you'd really get a nice, thick, heavy kind of coffee. Oh, yeah, so... Maybe next Bolivian we try, we will do a very different brew method and yeah, something not quite as weird, but I hope you had fun seeing the Dragon Brewer and Roland and I learning from the beginning. Merry in my mug. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm genuinely impressed with it. I, I would almost do it again.